Have you been searching for your tribe of women? Well, look no further. Tribe was created with women in mind, a place to grow, learn and connect to our best selves. Every Friday at three, tune in with your host Kay and Lindsay to discuss everything women, raw, authentic and ready to break barriers as we grow together into our best selves. Welcome to Tribe. Welcome to another empowering episode of Tribe. We've had a lot of new changes lately, so thank you to everyone for sticking around and continuing our new growth with us. For those who are regular listeners, you know that Devin has stepped down from her title here at Tribe, and Lindsay and I are excited to launch into some serious growth and focusing on our well-being. We're wrapping up November's episode with many women worldwide struggle with, especially over those winter months, mental health. In today's episode, we're focusing on self-care and what that looks like. To kick things off, let's begin by understanding what mental health encompasses. Mental health refers to our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how you think, feel, and act, ultimately shaping your ability to handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. It's crucial to acknowledge that prioritizing our mental health is a vital component of self-care. So I am super excited for us to dig into this today. Hey, Lindsay! Hi! I feel like that was a really long blur. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was awesome. Um, I just want to also state as we're here about how common mental health problems are and just knowing that help is available and mental health problems can improve and there is recovery possible. So just in case you are struggling, um, we're excited to share just some surface level self-care tips that have helped us and just knowing and normalizing that mental health is so common and it can get better. Absolutely. I know for me, um, and I feel like we, I, like we said last week for so long, we weren't even talking about the word mental health. So I feel like now is the time when so many of us are coming together and realizing the different things that are going on with our mental health and prioritizing, taking that self-care for ourselves. Absolutely. So a little bit to like what I would describe like good mental health looks like in my life is when I'm practicing personal development, when I have positive and respectful relationships in my life, Mm -hmm. definitely affects my mental health. Um, Being able to identify, manage and understand emotions. I know we talked about this in like another podcast that a lot of the time we're not even really taught the spectrum of emotions that there are. So being able oh to, my I- gosh, yeah. yeah. So being able to identify and manage them and understand them is a huge part of mental health in my own life. Um, communication. So being able to have that trusted community, um, having the trust in my partner to be able to communicate how I'm feeling and being honest and vulnerable has helped me tremendously. I'm just like, if I can be vulnerable, it can help me, not only me, but other people also to know. That yes, and, I, and that's such a huge thing to do. So I feel like we need to pat ourselves on the back for that because being vulnerable is hard, especially in the world we're living in right now and being on social media and being vulnerable with people because it takes a lot to do that because look at the amount of internet bullies and the things that people say. So like if you are someone who is vulnerable and you're taking that step, just pat yourself on the back for a second because it takes a lot to be vulnerable to the entire planet. Absolutely. And I find for myself, 
like sometimes I'll think like, you know, is this even helping at all by sharing like just mm-hmm. the rawness of motherhood and about healing and all that stuff that I usually share on my Instagram specifically. But then I'll receive messages from followers who say like, how much just me sharing and being open and honest about what's helped me has helped them. And that's like all, if I can just help one person, I'm like, okay, I'll keep doing this because it helps me to be vulnerable with y'all. So if it's helping one other person, then that's just, that's like my goal complete. (laughs) And I so feel you on that because I feel the same way. And um, I just, it's, I can't even describe how empowering it is just knowing that being able to be vulnerable and being able to talk about something we went through and just knowing that it reached that person, like you were saying, that makes me just feel so great because it's just like, sometimes, you know, especially if you're someone who struggles with being able to talk about those things and I've just felt so led to talk about them. So there was that part of me that was like, you know, I really want to be someone who can use my story to help others. But then there was that part in the back of my head that was like, don't do it. And people are going to, you know, say things and this, and just being able to, be okay with it and to just want to help other people and share your story. And, you know, when I do have those people that step forward and message me, like it honestly makes me just feel so warm because it's just, you know, it's, it's those little, just those little things of knowing, you know, okay, this, this is why I do this. This is why I wanted to do this. Definitely. I love that. And I just love that we both like just want to share our stories and help that like for me it's like I just want to share my experience because I just want looking back at myself if I would have had the tools or the knowledge that I have now Mm -hmm. how much easier it might have been to be able to dig out of some of those deep spots where I was kind of lost and confused and spiraling and not having the knowledge or tools to kind of move forward in a positive healthy way so absolutely and uh (laughs) I feel like it all and honestly it really helped um with self-esteem as well because I know for me growing up like I was definitely afraid to say no to people and um so I was always more of the people pleaser and when I started learning about self-care and setting boundaries and just being okay with who I was and loving me it was empowering for myself because I never thought I would be that person to be able to look in the mirror and say like I'm okay with people not liking me I am okay with my authentic self and who I am. Yes. And being comfortable saying the N-O word. <laughs> yes. And I know we talked about that last week. So I, and I love that because it ties right into today is like, that's one of that the is part of that self-care. we have to set for ourselves and self-care is saying no. Yes. Another thing, just as we wrap up on this one about what mental health looks like is like having goals too. So that can be really healthy for our mental health when we're setting goals and having things to Mm -hmm. look forward to. And our mind loves to check things off. So when you write down little to-do lists or goal lists and you're checking them off, it's like, it's just such an accomplishing, nice feeling for us to feel good about what we're doing and see the progress that we're making. Absolutely. I I started practicing that actually just last year. Uh, My business coach had suggested it and she said, you know, especially for people that have ADHD and get overwhelmed or maybe have anxiety, having realistic goals, because so many times we write out this big list of all these things we need to do and creating this big list. It doesn't look realistic for us because it's long. So it sends us into the anxiety and panic and, oh, my God, how am I going to get all of this done? So rather than creating a whole bunch of big list, it was what can you do now in creating three, a goal, a goal of three things that you can do this week. And every week you have three goals to, to get through. And then those three goals each week will end up getting your monthly goal completed. Exactly. So it's smaller, it's attainable, 
and you're not stressing yourself going, oh my God, I can't do this. <laughs> Definitely. And one thing that comes up for me, like when you think of goals, I know a lot of people create like fitness goals or like they want to start going to the gym and working out. And when you say to like starting small is like, if even if you just got to the gym that day, like celebrate that, even if you, yes. just, you didn't work out, you didn't have the courage, but you got yourself there. It's like, that's one step closer to next time you're there, you're spending maybe 15 minutes next time you're there for 30 minutes, like starting small and working on that and celebrating is just going to make you feel so good. Exactly. Exactly. Another thing is um, being able to solve problems, make decisions and take responsibility for our own actions. So that's another part that's like just good Mm -hmm. mental health, being able to have the clear head to make decisions and solve our own problems and take responsibility when we're at fault for things, or maybe we act out in certain ways and just taking that responsibility instead of playing the blame game. Yeah. And that really ties into with even the last week of going back to that practicing mindfulness, practicing meditation. Definitely. And I think it's important. Like if we think of like why mental health is important, it's because, well, that really affects everything. Like if Mm -hmm. you, there's so much studies. um, Louise Hayes is very amazing that she had wrote a book where she was suffering from a very severe illness, a physical illness. And it was actually rooted to um, mental health, emotional, like something that she was dealing with that she hadn't dealt with from childhood, whenever it was that she was holding on to that actually made her physically sick. So there is a correlation that improving our mental health can improve recovery from physical illness. It can also give us better physical health, a healthier lifestyle, greater Mm -hmm. productivity, better relationships, just a really overall improved quality of life and fewer limitations in daily living. So just feeling like that confidence, like you said, and that self-love, it's just, it's going to improve your overall, just make life more enjoyable the way it was tended to be. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And I think the way now that it's not, it's like we've been through so much like trauma as like just a generation and as a culture, like there's so much that we're carrying from like just previous, like so much history and just previous generations that we're carrying is that everybody these days, like even just COVID, COVID just significantly changed. I know for myself, like huge impact. Oh my God. Yeah. So you have events like that, that are just like collectively uh, impacting our mental health. So it's important to work on these things so that we can enjoy our life the way it was meant to be. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. Oh my gosh. And then I feel like COVID changed everything. (laughs) Even the way we interact, like we're so used to being distant from each other now that I find it's harder to like, just as people we've changed, I find friends, we don't come around as much as we used to. We are just so content in being in our bubble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so now it's like trying to step back out and it's like, Oh my God, there's people. That's right. There's people. <laughs> yeah. And I think most people don't realize the impact that something like that, like just like a pandemic can have on you. Like people think I'm fine. I'm okay. But it's like, really? Like we just went through like a whole shift in like changes and belief systems and just like mm-hmm. a lot of stuff was kind of rocking and I'm still recovering from, from that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Big time. And like it was, and especially for like our kids too, like having kids during COVID and yeah. it was a lot. <laughs> 
definitely. I know I was pregnant during COVID and like it was not fun. Me too. You and know, Dylan wasn't allowed to come to doctor's appointments, not ultrasound. Neither it was, was Evan. Lot. Yeah, in my family, like I was only allowed to have Evan in the room. I couldn't have my mom there. Like there were so many things that just impacted I think, but you don't realize, you know, how much that mm-hmm. can actually impact if something so important as bringing a child into this world and then being told you're only allowed to have one person in the room when before you could have as many as you wanted and you have to go to these appointments in these buildings by yourself. And yeah, yeah it really takes time to, I think, recover from those things. So absolutely. And I feel like during COVID, um, I mean, we definitely learned about self-care for many of us because we were spending so much time in our homes and outside of our regular norm that we started to actually focus more on our self-care because a lot of us just felt like, Oh my gosh, I am losing my marbles over here. Um, Cause I know I definitely started, that's when I started to really dig deep and started reading books more because I had more time. Actually, that's me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was already on my journey of like self-awareness, but having mm-hmm. the extra time to be, you know, home and doing those things, it was like a whole new world of exploration that was available. Yeah. Like I wasn't allowed to do photo shoots or anything. So like, I was just not working. I'm home. I've got a newborn and I'm just like, oh my God. So I literally just dove deep into like self-care and books. I took a couple of courses. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, so hard to like <laughs> keep too. myself in a good headspace because I was like, this is a lot in going through all the motions of pregnancy and my partner not being allowed to go and just all the different things that were constantly changing. And then the fighting with all this, the mandates and all these things. It was a lot on us, a lot. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, uh, <laughs> my whole life changed after COVID. I left the, pro- mm-hmm. left the province I was living in. I quit my job and I moved to the woods. And I would say that explains how much it affected my mental health as I was right. just done. I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think like just too, and learning to socialize again and to read social cues because everyone was wearing masks and so disconnected from just oh like communicating. <laughs> yeah it was crazy and then I it was like I remember at one point the anxiety was getting really bad (laughs) and just I don't know if it was the lack of community not seeing people but I just my anxiety was so high at one point and then I was diagnosed with agoraphobia and I just wouldn't leave at this point I was allowed to leave my house now but I wouldn't leave my house and it was always the well what if what if and I just wouldn't leave and I find sometimes too is we're really quick to kind of accept things and just be like, Oh, well, this is just what it is. And for me, I really was like, you know, I, I'm not accepting that I'm just going to have agoraphobia and I'm going to start staying in my house all the time. Like I started pushing those boundaries. I started speaking more with my therapist and finding ways to challenge myself to try to break out of that and getting back out. And I think that's so important because sometimes there's many different reasons why, but sometimes we just, we don't push ourselves. We're just kind of accept this is what it is. But I think a lot of it comes down to having support, knowing that you're not alone and being able to find comfort in challenging yourself because it's something that's really hard for some of us to do is doing something that makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think like finding the techniques that work for you is like, we're all going to have different support systems that work best for us. Maybe it's Mm -hmm. friends or family or a therapist, and we're going to have different practices of self-care that are going to work for us. So it's really like, we're each so individual and unique to our own. Yes. 
and it's finding that rhythm of what makes you feel good and what helps you and just knowing that there are tons of options available and finding, you know, what's right for me and what works for me and what works for you could be completely different for somebody else. So exactly finding what's what's right for you. And maybe do you want to talk about what are some like warning signs that you could be feeling of thinking that your mental health may need some attention? Mm -hmm. So I know for me, I found for me when I started noticing, okay, I need to start practicing some self-care and, you know, looking inward, doing some reflection. I was starting to have anxiety attacks and I had never had anxiety attacks before in my entire life. I didn't even know how they worked. What I knew, you know, I heard the term anxiety attack, but I never actually knew what was an anxiety attack. And when I started noticing these things in myself, you know, I started feeling overwhelmed all the time. My palms were sweating. I would go from feeling calm to feeling so overwhelmed that it led to just anger. So I would have just random outburst when someone could do something as much as say, how was your day today? And it was like an explosion. <laughs> yeah. And I had to stop and say, okay, like I knew that this was not me. So it was stopping or reflecting and being like, okay, what is going on in my life right now that I'm reacting this way? Why am I finding that I'm getting overwhelmed when I'm in public spaces? Why are my palms sweating and being able to notice the cues of when it was coming also so that I knew how to handle it. Definitely. But, um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I found it was always like, especially, especially during COVID because you know, the whole distancing and there was so much fear in the unknown of COVID. So as something as small as just going to the grocery store and someone, you know, stretching their hand up to the shelf above mine, you know, just putting their arm over my shoulder to reach for something. And I would go into full panic. <laughs> yeah. So I think and another thing is like, you know, we need to talk about some great ways of practicing self-care because that looks different to every person. Absolutely. So for me, cause I know, so a lot of people, when they think self-care, it's like, Oh, you have to spend this money. Like people think massage or hot bath, but it's so much more than that. It's really just like whatever activity you enjoy and setting the intention that you are enhancing your energy, restoring your health and reducing stress in your life. Yeah. So Absolutely. I know for both of us, baths are a big thing, but like, I know people I who hate baths. <laughs> like, <laughs> baths when I'm stressed out are like life changing with some Epsom salts and some oils and some candles and a book. Like, Oh my goodness, I'm like that's that Aquarius. <laughs> I'm getting in my mode. Another thing for me is spending time in nature. I mm-hmm. move to the woods, and when it is warm, I spend a lot of time just barefoot, connecting and grounding to the earth, and just being mindful when I'm outside because that was something I never did before. It's like I would be outside on a walk with my dog and not even be like in the moment. I was like thinking about all these other things, oh. and then. <laughs> When I started practicing mindfulness, it was like now I was going for these walks, but I was noticing how beautiful the sky looked and how Mm -hmm. like the trees were blowing and just the beauty around me, which I never had seen or noticed before. It was like, wow, like life really is beautiful when you're actually in the present and not thinking about the past or the future and creating all these different feelings inside your body, worrying about what's going to happen or regretting things that happen that you should have done differently it's like when you're actually just paying attention to the here and now oh my goodness it's just life-changing and that took so many years of practice to do that it's like how is that so so hard for us (laughs) (laughs) I so feel you You believe it or not I actually used to be afraid of like the earth like 
dirt. Really? Yeah, I was terrified of dirt my entire life. Like, if you try to make me step in mud, I would have a full-on, like, panic attack, freak out, screaming. Like, my parents used to make fun of me because I was afraid of literally butterflies. If a butterfly flew past me, I would run out in traffic to escape a butterfly. Really? Oh, yeah, it was terrible. Like, it, w- it was embarrassing because of the stuff I would, like, I reacted to almost every bug that you could think of. I hated the ground. I hated dirt. I hated bugs. And when I got in my 20s, I was like, okay, this has to stop. And I decided that I was going to challenge myself because I was like, I need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I need to do something to challenge this because I refuse to accept that this is who I am and I'm just going to hate nature. So I enrolled me and a group of friends into Mud Hero. And the first five minutes were like me almost crying, trying to put my feet into the mud and like going all the way up to my waist. And I'm like gagging. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I I can do this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I did it. And now we do it every single year and we actually enjoy it. Wow. Another thing when it comes to nature too, is like, if you think about it, like we are animals of nature and often we spend life completely disconnected from our natural mm-hmm. environment. Like we can go yeah. days, if not weeks without any contact with the ground. I know a lot of people, especially if you live in like a city, especially area. where we live now. Oh my God. Yeah. So uh, according to environment psychology, time in nature is actually known to improve your me- mood and reduce stress and improve cognitive functions. So there are studies related that like we are from nature and then like as we evolutionized, it's like we became more and more like things like sneakers. We're wearing sneakers, which are disconnecting us from the electrons in the ground and things like houses, beds, like we're getting further and further away from mm-hmm. the ground <laughs> and the ground, like the whole earthing grounding method if you haven't heard of it like just look that up because it's just mind-blowing what it can do to just spend 10 minutes a day just in nature yeah and you know what I just started practicing that within the last year of just being barefoot in the earth and I made it a morning a part of my morning routine so when I get up it was getting up I go right out onto my deck and I put like I have a big blanket that I keep for outside And I put my candles, my tarot cards and all my things out. And then I go down into the grass and I literally just sit with my feet in the grass and I just close my eyes and I just listen to everything that is around me. And it is the most calming. I just feel so connected and grounded in that moment. Like nothing else exists. And it's just listening to all of nature around me. And that became a part of my everyday morning routine. I find it is the most peaceful and beautiful way to wake up. Yes. And another thing I just thought of in regards to like connecting with nature, because I know you and I both like following the lunar cycles, it's like, that's a good place to start if you want to try to connect with nature is just like paying attention of what's going on in the night sky. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you, you can even do that through your window. It's like paying attention and seeing what's going on and maybe looking up and seeing like, okay, Cause there's so much significant meaning in like new moon and full moon and different rituals. It's like, when we try to live our life, it's like we really want to live our life as much as we can in sync with nature, really. <clears throat> so with the lunar cycles, with the seasons, like we need to kind of incorporate and be paying attention and like using that to our, our benefits. Like winter is a time I find of like hibernation, slowing down. Uh-huh. Yes. A lot of the times we're not doing, we're not really following any laws of nature. <laughs> No, and I find a lot of the time what we're doing is, and this is a, a thing that I talk about often, even with my personal um, accounts, if any of you are fo- do follow, um, how important it is to not bully yourself into productivity, because so many times we wake up every morning, and that's how we start our day is stress. 
I need to do this. I have this to do at work. I have this to do. So you're just waking up and bullying yourself into, I have to do this. I have to do this. And you put everybody else at the top of your list of things to do and put yourself at the bottom. And it's like learning to create healthy routines when you wake up where you're getting up and you're spending, you know, say you get up an hour earlier, it's worth it because you're going to get up an hour earlier and focus on yourself and giving that love and nurturing when you're first waking up in the morning to yourself so that you can go out with a full cup and be able to give to others. Absolutely. So I think that that is like so important too. If you think when you're taking care of yourself, it's like, you're benefiting everyone around you because you're having more love and time for those other relationships because your cup is full. Like saying that they say you can't pour from an empty cup. So when you have nothing left to give to anybody because you haven't given to yourself, you're creating more like that feeling of resentment and anger and guilt and just all these feelings that are going to impact the rest of your life and your relationships with people. So really you're doing everyone else like, you are helping so many more people than just yourself when you take care of yourself because it Absolutely. will like spill out of you the love. Yeah. And it's just like getting out and cultivating those great relationships. Definitely. And I think that's something else that is a part of self-care is so many times when we deal with self-care and that's not for all of us because we all deal with it differently, but we separate ourselves from everybody else. And for me personally, I think it's important to take that time for yourself, but also learning to get out and build community. Because so many times we say, you know, I don't have a community. I don't have this. I don't have people around. It's just me, me, me. But we're also not doing anything about it. We're not getting out in our community, you know, going out to some local events, going out to some women wine evenings, finding some local groups where you can find like-minded women and build a community and have that support. Definitely. I know for me, that changed a lot of things when I moved here, because when I lived in Halifax, I didn't really attend any events. I was just a single mom doing my thing. And then when I moved here, I really started to have more of a community mindset where it was like, okay, I need to get out in the community and meet some people. And originally it started out because I was doing it for my business purposes of meeting people and making new clients because I'm living in a new place. Mm -hmm. But then I quickly realized that I was more enjoying it for what it brought me personally of meeting such beautiful people and like-minded people who got me. And I didn't feel so alone anymore because I found so many amazing women who understood me who are like-minded and one of the same things as me had similar backgrounds and it's a beautiful friendship that's that's created from that definitely and I think again remembering like we are again like we have evolutionized as a species of a pact so like we weren't meant Mm -hmm. to do things alone and loneliness is one of like it's so hugely related to depression and anxiety and can result in like when when COVID was happening I was like looking up just like the impacts that loneliness had and it's like it's very deadly oh yeah it's just it's not so a lot of this mentality we think like we don't need anybody there's you know somewhere along the line where it's like we kind of maybe put on this hard shell where I don't need anybody and I don't, you know, but it's like, we do need people and we just need yeah. the right people. We need positive, healthy relationships, like-minded community. Absolutely. And I, I, I can definitely resonate with that because um, I know growing up, my mom, you know, she was a single mom, but she always taught me the attitude of like, you know, I don't need anybody. I can do it on my own. I don't need a man. I don't need this. So it took a lot for me to be able to let that part of me go because it was put in my head my entire life. 
of being able to say, it's not that I need to have someone, but I want to have people in my life. I want to have that community and being able to make space for that. Because sometimes we get on this whole thing where it's really our ego of just, I don't need anybody. I can do it by myself. And it's okay to not be able to do it by yourself. And even if you can do it by yourself, that doesn't mean that you have to. Absolutely. Um, also on the, this other note of like what we mentioned earlier about self-care can be things like saying no. So reserving the time and like staying home and reserving your energy. So again, thinking like that has to be something extravagant, breathing, deep breathing is self-care your body. It's like, you can even, if you think you don't have time, take two minutes to do some deep belly breathings, like big inhales and big exhales. Like our bodies are not used to deep breathing and they need it. So like, if that's all you can do a day, a day is take some time and start with, like, if you think your life's busy, just take some time, even driving wherever you're going. If you're in the office, like there is time for deep breathing and like intentional breathing. Yes. So it is time for us to take a quick break. But when we come back, we're going to be continuing our talk about practical self-care practices and what some of those look like. I hope you stay with us and we'll be back in just a moment. And and we're back. Hello, hello. So I just wanted to talk about the different types of self-care because there are categories and having a balance across them leads Mm -hmm. to overall well-being. So we have our physical type of self-care. This looks like sleep. Sleep is self-care, getting the right amount of sleep, Um, enough sleep, which can be hard. Yep. Uh, stretching walking physical release healthy food yoga rest working out Uh, then we have emotional so this looks like things like stress management emotional maturity practicing forgiveness having compassion practicing kindness kindness um gratitude practicing gratitude as well yes and I love that because I feel like practicing gratitude makes you it just it turns your whole entire day around because so many times we focus on everything that goes wrong on our day rather than focusing on the things we have to be grateful for and I find when we can take that moment to kind of reflect on the things we're grateful for that those other little things don't look so big yes so either starting your day with gratitude or ending your day with gratitude that was something like during COVID I started too because I was like having a hard time with like working from home and just like feeling like I did never like could do anything. And it was like, okay, what can I like appreciate about being home? And every day my partner and I, like I would sit at the end of the day and we would list five things that we were grateful for. And I still have the journal from when we started and just looking back and seeing all those little things. It's just like really puts life into perspective that big things maybe not be, might be as like kind of, as bad as we think they are like we mm-hmm. can have we can have bad days but we can always find something that we're grateful for in that in yes absolutely days. and I love it because I feel like now that so many people are talking about mental health it is so much easier to find this these journals and um, I actually found most of the journals that I have and notebooks that I have I actually got them from winners 
And I love telling people that Winners has this stuff because a lot of people don't even know, but like they have gratitude journals, they have gold journals, they have some amazing spiritual books. Um, so I love and they're going really and getting my good price. Winners funds. What like, was that? They're really decently priced. Winners journals. I'm oh, like yeah. mindful and you can get a beautiful journal for like $7. Yeah. I literally was sitting ready to say $7 because that's what I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you also have your social type of self-care. So like Kay said, getting in community, um, having those mm-hmm. support systems, having time together with like-minded individuals, asking Doesn't for help. Yes. Asking for help. That is a type of self-care. Um at positive social media and having communication again that open and honest communication is self-care to be able to freely express and be your authentic self um, and then lastly is spiritual so things like prayer yoga meditation spending time alone with yourself to self-reflect um, nature journaling having a sacred space or an altar for yourself Yes, yes, yes. All those things sound amazing. And I I love it because I feel like me and you kind of do a lot of the same self-care practices. So I love that we vibe very frequent with that. (laughs) (laughs) And it's taken years to develop, I feel like, for myself. This self-care practice that I have now is never like this. It took like a good solid three or four years to have something where I'm like, okay, like I can cope because before when life threw stress at me, I did not handle it very well or know how to handle it at all. So again, it takes practice and patience and just being gentle with yourself and knowing that it can get better. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we need to talk about that too, because a lot of us have so many different reasons for why we don't practice self-care. I don't have time. I have kids. I have a husband. I have to cook dinner. We have so many reasons. But at the end of the day, I think we need to be able to strip strip down those excuses because you can't not have time to take care of yourself. No, you're so important. And that's the thing is that you just are going to notice so much more like quality of your relationships when you're taking the time to, to take care of yourself. It's like doing all those things are going to be a lot easier and more fulfilling when you're putting yourself first. It's not selfish to put yourself mm-hmm. first. That's the And thing. also I find you're, you're more present in the moment because when we're going through all these different things and we're just trying to put all of it on our back, carry all of it and put a smile on our face, we're so overwhelmed that when we're out in public and we're doing things, we're not present. We're just there trying to enjoy the moment, but we're like, oh my God, I have to do this and I have to do this. And we're so overwhelmed with our day to day because we're not learning how to let these things go. We're not learning how to practice that self-care. We're not making the time to. And once we do, you're actually able to go out and learn how to enjoy that moment with your family, to take in nature while you're there, to be present in that moment without bullying yourself of, oh, I, you know, I should be doing this. Yes. I think too is like, if it's not part of your routine already, that can take time. If people around you aren't practicing self care, Mm -hmm. then that can be hard too. It's because you really have to adjust your whole routine and schedule to be able to now fit something in to take care of yourself that you didn't do before that you don't see other people practicing to know that it's needed or that it should be normal to do. Absolutely. And I find a great way for me too, of how I was able to kind of get used to that was getting out in the community and joining some other events that were going on. So like finding a women's circle, some women's events that are going on where maybe you'll be able to have a little bit more of a community and some support 
to be able to have someone to do these things with if you struggle to do them on your own. Definitely. Um, And for those of you who are local to us, we do have a lot of women groups out here. There's Women Wine Wellness. There's Women Wine Wednesdays. There's a couple different ones. And I love it because it's just a place where they bring women together. Us with Tribe, we also have our groups of women and we have several different events. So I just love kind of putting that out there for our local ladies here because there is so much stuff going on in our community and great ways for women to support each other and just have your community of strong women and knowing that you're not alone and having, you know, a little bit of support. Yes. And those can all be found on our Instagram page, tribe underscore Annapolis Valley on Instagram. Yes, I'm super excited because we actually have lots of new events coming up. So if you are local, make sure to check out our Instagram page um, or our Facebook group because we will be posting all of our events in there. We have networking events. We'll be having women's circles in the near future. Um, So we always have something going on and just bringing that community together. So if you so feel called to, please don't hesitate to message us. Come on out and have a great time with us. Yeah. And another thing I just want to mention too is how important like movement is for self-care. So making sure you're Mm -hmm. taking time, whether this is like doing jumping jacks in your living room or singing and dancing in the shower or walking, dancing, yoga, whatever it is, our bodies are meant to move. And when we move and exercise, it creates endorphins, which help us sleep and naturally reduce our stress. So again, if you think you don't have time to do these things, I want you to think of like the 10 minute rule. So if you're 30 minutes a day, 10 minutes of each. So maybe you're doing 10 minutes of journaling and self-reflecting, 10 minutes of sitting outside, listening to the birds on your deck, like Kay had mentioned, and 10 minutes of dancing around with your kids in the living room. That's 30 minutes right there that daily when you're practicing these things, you're going to see a huge difference in your mental health. It's again, the daily habits that kind of add up and are going to make the biggest difference in your life overall. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Thank you guys so much for listening to us on Tribe this week with myself, Kay, and my co-host, Lindsay. We hope this episode has inspired you to prioritize your mental well-being through self-care practices. And stay tuned for another empowering episode with us on Mental Health Matters. If you have an idea that you'd like us to discuss or you want to be a guest on our show, you can email us at Connect. So that's wild because I know it's hard to sometimes sound like I'm saying wow. <laughs> wild souls connect at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at tribe underscore Annapolis Valley. I hope you guys have the most amazing week and remember that your health matters. Bye. Bye. <laughs>